when somebody has gone through something themselves it becomes like a stigma you know that oh they've gone through something themselves how can they help somebody else you are your own limit when it comes to well, like wellness you know like this entire lockdown i think was probably the toughest for me because i started feeling a lot of like social anxiety and then i realized that i really really need to like work on my wellness per se of like being able to start talking to people again hey welcome back to another episode of the podcast voices in my head with me yami radhar Today my guest is Rabia Chawla who was just 14 when she started giving back to her community. She is a student of psychology and at such a young age being a student she started an initiative called the Messiah Foundation which provides a platform for young people to reach out and talk about their mental health issues. You don't want to miss this one. It's coming up now. Thank you for you know agreeing to do this, and I'm having Thank somebody. Thank you for having me to do this. I would honestly, I'm not the type of person to actually like um, sit down and do something like this with anyone. I want honestly, like so I would I, never I, even I, in my glad. in my I wouldn't even think I would be able to do something. No, I'm glad that you've decided to because uh, it's funny. It's still you know we haven't met in person, and so many yeah. people since the pandemic started. that i've been able to connect with because my book came out yeah and uh, similarly i remember you had you know reached out and um, i think you had read the book or your friend had read the book and then we did that instagram live which was great i yeah. really enjoyed that with you and that was my i think first i think yeah. first instagram live because i hate but social media but i have to tell so. you that like the out of the couple of instagram lives that i did everyone who like i meet comes back to me and says oh yeah we saw your live with your mate Like, oh how nice <laughs> yeah like every i think it stayed with everyone the most that's probably because of your audience because my audience no, is really tiny not, because i've got like uh, not i mean i keep going I think on we have so many Instagram. common people yeah we do so, i realized that yeah. much much later um, yeah. even though um, there's a i guess you're 10 years younger but uh, mm. <laughs> uh, we do have yeah. a lot of people in common and yeah. so it was it was nice to get to know you that way and i just thought because of a little bit of what i knew about your story it would be great for you to come on the podcast and you know share your experiences and uh, i just feel that it's going to add value to someone else who's in a similar situation and of course we've got your uh, foundation to talk about so we'll yeah. we'll get into that so do you want to just tell me about your wellness journey if we begin with my wellness journey per se i think i would say is still something that i'm working on mm. um i wouldn't say i've really achieved every single thing that i want to or that i would you know aspire to have achieved and anyone i think a wellness journey is something that is so um it continues through your life you know and it keeps changing as you grow you know as like what i was yesterday is not what i am today literally so i think that keeps changing but i kind of got into you know like wanting to actually take care of myself and i think wellness is such you are your own limit when it comes to well, like wellness you know like no one can stop you from doing anything it's only you who you know has to kind of put your foot down and be like okay this is what i need to do to like you know put myself first so i think for me the first thing i did was i started 
putting myself first and like you know whether it was friends or family you know these things are at the end of the day you are obligated to do a certain amount you know but i realized that it's so important to kind of sit down and be like okay this is what i need to do for myself and i actually started doing that very late early for me but like i think if someone can start that well, a lot some people don't life, do it their whole life some people exactly. don't do it their whole life so i think there's i think there's no time actually that that's late you know anyone can start this at any point in their life and i think no matter how old you are whether you're like 15 right now or 50 it's i think it's important if you haven't started you could like you should i started putting myself first and really started seeing like what my own needs were and more than anything i think it's just like a holistic balance of things you know like whether it was about eating right my mental health per se you know um i started realizing that it was really like no i i wasn't where i wanted to be like in my head and i started seeing a therapist and it wasn't like therapy every week you know it was like when i felt like i needed to talk to somebody and i think that's so good like just a sounding box every now and then is so important you know you can you can use a friend as you know a little sounding box or whatever but i felt like that having somebody who i don't know is is mm. so much better to just like open up to them they don't know anything about you they don't know like you personally so it's that's what i actually started doing and then through this lockdown i came back from college so i suddenly felt really like this entire lockdown i think was probably the toughest for me because i started feeling a lot of like social anxiety and then i realized that i really really need to like work on my wellness per se of like being able to start talking to people again i became so comfortable you know just around like my family and like the few friends that i would talk to every now and then but like when things started opening up i realized that like i don't want to meet anybody this is um, it's exact this is funny because i had my i had a session with my therapist uh, yesterday mm. and this is exactly what she was saying that people have become so comfortable yeah that it's becoming you know earlier switching to this pandemic mode was a problem now getting out of it is a problem people it, don't want right? to meet other people they don't want to groom themselves they don't want to you know it's just become a, an excuse to not work to not meet people to exactly and of course i mean i'm all for being safe and Hmm. me and my family have been extremely locked down but uh, this is becoming another huge mental health issue that exactly. wasn't you know earlier the case and like it's not i think you know when um, i i never thought that i would actually have to deal with something like this you know you only realize that when like it's time to actually go out in fact it took a while for me to actually start like meeting people or like saying yes to actually go and then so i think that entire thing for me was more of like a more important of importance and then like i ended up kind of you know again dealing with it through therapy and stuff and i think that's all like that's all that i do really for my to like take care of myself is really just like putting myself first like Can I just get Doing you to uh, step back when you said so when you were not putting yourself first or when you said I I was in my head wasn't in the place yeah. that I thought it should what, be so yeah. what age was that how did you discover that because it takes a lot to 
discover that people go through their entire lives yeah. struggling with mental health issues and just so, not realizing that something's actually wrong and yeah. i need to fix so it so i think it was around like um two years back or so i would say like i must have been around like 18 going on almost 19 and i realized wow, you guys that you're so young <laughs> and i i honestly i realized that you know what like it's i sa- i started realizing that i people take me for granted and my presence for granted like you know i'm i wouldn't say it's one particular person or a particular incident that kind of made me realize it was just an overall like general realization that i'm just there for everyone whenever like they want but when something is really important to you and like your close ones are not there when you need them you kind of realize that okay maybe people just take you for granted because you're just always there because you know like you feel like it's your duty you feel like it's a good thing you know obviously and t- till today i just feel like sometimes people don't reciprocate what you want and what you do but that doesn't make me a bad person to be the only one doing it but i've just realized that if i would do it 110 i do it like 80 now right you know right. i know it sounds it might sound really harsh but i've kind of realized that you'd rather not get walked all over and you know be miserable inside and be like what did i do to like kind of deserve this and you know you'd rather give it your 80% instead of being there 110 and you know but like putting yourself down in your own head because at the end of the day like you let it go a person will apologize but it kind of makes you only feel small in the end you have to live with it you know and i think for me it was a lot to do with other people more than myself you know like the impact that it ha- like other people had on me was way more important and i think that what i've kind of learned to outgrow right and you know this is something that i struggled with too in the sense that putting yourself first can kind of come in the area of being selfish yeah and i don't necessarily think that's a bad thing and i, I mean i tell people please be selfish because yeah. unless you are selfish enough to fully take care of your own needs hmm. how can you fulfill somebody else's needs if you have not exactly. taken care of yourself so i don't see i don't know why being selfish became a bad thing or when did yeah. it become a bad thing but uh, i completely agree honestly i thought about it a lot also when i was like going through my own stuff and like you know kind of in my head was like okay this is what i need to do this is what i want to do and i was like oh, like i would always keep questioning and be like am i being too selfish or and then i realized that you know what at the end of the day people people do what they want to do and if you keep like thinking about how you're being selfish you'll end up always not like not doing what you want to do or not doing what is right for you and that's going to play out sometime in the future Uh, exactly. you know that frustration remains uh, my sure. therapist said something really uh, that stuck with me yesterday she said mm-hmm. that untapped potential eventually turns into a mental health issue if you don't yeah. so if you let's say there is a very successful smart woman who's just forced by her parents to get married and have kids and mm-hmm. not pursue or what not let her become what she could have become yeah that is going to end up in a mental health issue you're going to and they, they won't even know it a lot of times you yeah. know it it can manifest into depression anxiety some sort of breakdowns anything it can there's so yeah. many things that or, or even physical ailments hmm. we know that the mind can cause all kinds of ailments of course yeah so uh that's something that stuck with me and 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 so yeah but coming back to this so so you started putting yourself first 
how does one any uh, how does one do that actually because i want to just get it from you that it was it just prioritizing yourself and your needs over someone else's or more or less i would say it was just about like before prioritizing my own needs and what i wanted to do i actually started like in a more holistic manner taking care of myself i realized that it's in, before i can even start saying no to people i have to kind of be in that frame of mind you know kind of feel good from inside about myself i just you know honestly for me like uh, i think we've had this conversation before working out became like an outlet like mm-hmm. i just it became like a outlet of all kinds of frustration for me you know and i kind of i'm grateful that it was that that became an outlet for me you know like not anything else and i just kind of for me like i just kind of created a routine for myself and i was like this is my first step to taking care of myself and prioritizing myself i'm kind of i made a routine i would work out i became like you know healthy you know just small small little little things you know at the end of the day the small things kind of add up and become more important and then after that i realized that okay fine once i've done all this i've made a routine for myself where do i fit in the other things right what are the other things do i fit in you know who are the other people i should fit into my life who are the people i should cut out of my life and i think starting out with just like small things like creating a routine first kind of balance your entire head out and that's when you're kind of able to make a decision for yourself what's important what's not whether it was it's not not just about people for me but even about like school work like my college work it was is this more important or is going out more important you know it's or like what at that point what is more important and i think the first thing to be able to do anything is create a routine for yourself and did you get that on your own or did, did the therapist kind of guide you into this pro, uh, direction that you need to get into a routine because i've heard this routine uh, a, a lot of therapists help their clients yeah. to get into a you know a structured framework in a day and that so, totally makes sense of why that helps so for me i think um it was more about myself i became kind of i started following a very very strict routine i would say and now i'm trying to get out of it because right. it becomes so rigid that i kind of feel like I've, a a huge chunk of this social anxiety that i get is because i'm so rigid now So can you describe when you say social anxiety because I think we all have that especially living in a city like Delhi. Yeah. I mean I, I know I I I uh, <laughs> suffer from it. So what what when you say social anxiety like what do you mean? Honestly it's relative you know social anxiety can be different for anybody and everybody but for me like I never used to be like this I was always somebody who loved going out meeting people meeting my friends. like i said this entire lockdown kind of made mm. me into a completely different person but the kind of social anxiety i kind of like face is not um actually you know the thing of going out it's now i sit and think about oh like what is this person thinking about me you know like it's it's something it's absolutely the most it sounds so trivial like no it I doesn't i don't think it does somebody, no no it doesn't because i think we all uh feel like that so i don't yeah. think it sounds trivial at all i think we all have that so please continue sorry i interrupted so like it's 
more or less just about like oh what is somebody else thinking about me in that time it must it, it can be absolutely the most random person maybe the person i met for the first time in my life but i just think about okay like if i have a conversation with a person i sit and like mull over what did i say like i hope they didn't take anything in the wrong way just like really small small things which you know it kind of i make a mole into a mountain in my head and that's the kind of social anxiety i face now don't you think that this is all happening including see our generation kind of little bit dodged it but yours didn't mm. have a chance is because of social media because I, you you know not just random people but even your neighbor with that uh, you know they can recognize the area i mean everybody can see what you're doing and make yeah. a judgment about it and that is what social media thrives on is judging other judging, people and i'm sorry to yeah. say i mean i know it's a bread and butter for a lot of us it's a bread and butter for my wife she can't mm-hmm. run a business without social media yeah. social media has made their business yeah. essentially so i understand the pros but for maybe people like you and me or people who have social anxiety or the or the or do want to get judged or have overthink that you know what are they going to think yeah. or this is why i keep going on and off instagram yeah. because the moment i feel it's not good for my mental health i just leave it um so my question was that don't you think that this has become so much more of an issue because Definitely. of social media i think for sure and you know this entire like pandemic phase or whatever we all kind of just like depended on it for everything and me too like including me i it it was a platform that i used for everything you know mm-hmm. like whether it was keeping in touch with people starting masaya you know doing like okay even reaching out to you i reached out yeah, to you through yeah. instagram first you know so i think we all those are i think pros in its own way but like definitely it's something i would say it's so unhealthy like i recognize how unhealthy it is for me also but i spend most of my day like just scrolling through instagram because there's a still. Like, i feel like yeah still <laughs> i feel like i have nothing else to do like when i have nothing to do i'm just like yeah. okay let me scroll through instagram and, and i think that's the worst when you have nothing it, to it's do it's actually the worst and the fact that i have identified it and not done anything about it is just no but you know it's not just you i, I think it's it's everybody it's it's everybody uh, and and i am you i still feel like you know you are you're an adult now you've reached that stage that your um are you 25 yet no I'm no you're not 25 <laughs> so why i think 25 because your prefrontal cortex would have fully developed by 25 yeah. which is why they say that which is why frankly the legal alcohol limit is uh, 25 mm. so you can you you still actually can't make those decisions which yeah. till your prefrontal cortex is fully formed mm. um and 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 i'm i'm not trying to sound very uh, you know educated and intelligent <laughs> about it is that you know that's just what it is yeah. and i've i've read a bit about it but now like i see my you know other people in my family uh, younger kids 12 13 14 even younger i mean that, that's the the addiction to technology is is something insane else. and you yeah. can imagine what you started feeling and maybe 17 18 how does a 13 year old girl who's already going through so many changes yeah hormonally school boys this that and then this social media with with uh, unrealistic expectations of what life is yeah i think it's very overwhelming it's it's, it's a it's a men- actually the pandemic is men- the, the the mental health is the pandemic yeah you know we're going to get over covid there'll be some other pandemic in 10 years uh, there'll yeah. be some other disease 
but this is only getting worse and uh, i don't know if, if we're doing enough to i know that we there's a huge conversation and awareness about mental health now but i don't think we're doing enough to stop it i don't think they can I, be done enough to stop it i don't yeah exactly i don't think what what more can be done you know like at, at the end i've realized that it has to come see mental health is something or like an intervention for mental health is something that can only be given to a person once they realize they need it sure. you know it's not something that you can force upon a person or it's not something you can impose and be like i think you need this you know because that's also i think with physical ailments i'm not comparing don't get me wrong here i'm they're as important but with physical ailments it's something that is noticeable you can see it you can mm-hmm. identify it with i think with mental health it's something that takes so long to even kind of pinpoint it what is really wrong or what is something that you're actually facing and that can only happen when a person realizes themselves that okay i really need to like i really need help i really need to pinpoint what's wrong a lot of times people just think that oh and like you're saying this pandemic is a mental health pandemic a lot of people just use it as an excuse now that oh like i'm feeling like this because you know covid or i'm feeling like this because of the lockdown i'll get over it hmm. but there's a lot more to it as like like i just discussed about having this kind of social anxiety of feeling like i don't want to go anywhere i don't it's purely just awareness that i know that this is not how i was and that comes from being aware about yourself you know understood yeah that makes a lot of sense and i just feel that um at least there is a we are talking about it there are people as young as you so i want to also talk about so when when did you decide to study psychology and why actually and, and, 14 wow when i but and, and did that have anything to do with your own understanding of some no, you know there's something in my head and i need to understand why am i feeling like this nothing so it looks like i've got it looks like i've got makeup on because there's sun straight away coming like <laughs> weird i guys i promise i'm not using any <laughs> filters i don't need to i don't give a damn of what you think i look like i just care about what you get out of this conversation so sorry um, yeah <laughs> that was just on a light note but um i actually had it had nothing to do with me or about how i was feeling or about what i want you know at that time i actually um my first i did my first internship when i was 14 years old wow and they really like threw me under the bus and i honestly at that point i was like why am i doing this because i was only 14 years in, old in and corp- i didn't know in a corporate or something to do no, with no, this no 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 i i was actually working at save the children okay it's, um, okay i have heard it's that an, yeah it's, it's a it's an ngo like a worldwide right, ngo right. so you could say it's like a Uh, a multinational NGO, mm-hmm. whatever. It, but um, so they decided to put me into like field work, and I used to go like into some like really, really like far out village every day, and just like deal with children who were, you know, some were even my age. So I think it kind of really took a toll on me to kind of get comfortable with it mm-hmm. for the first couple of weeks. and i used to kind of help the teachers and the you know the staff over there to get uh children who have kind of who are dealing with addiction and like some were addicts some were like you know on strange kind of like drugs and stuff kind of getting them not really getting them out of it but getting them back into mainstream schooling because they had dropped out for these reasons right it was 
not very related to what I want to do now, but that kind of made me realize that, okay, like this is what I want to do. Like, this is where I want to go into maybe not help, like maybe not into like the education part of it, mm. but more into like understanding what made those kids get into becoming addicts. Okay, that's or, fascinating. You know, relying on substance or whatever and what are they dealing with that they need to you know and a lot of times we would like I would just sit and like talk to maybe a child or whatever and be like what is like going on at home and it all boiled down to like their home environment that kind of, of brought them into doing it and that's when I realized that you know there's so much that goes on in your head and you might be 10 years old and, an, and you're an addict which was really shocking for me because I was only 14 I had not been exposed to any right. of this but I think at that point, I might have found it really hard. I would come home, I would cry because it was so difficult. Mm. But by the end of it, I realized that it was the best thing I could have done. And that's when I realized that this is what I want to do. And I want to go into psychology. And I didn't know at that time what I wanted to really do in psychology. Till my, like, in my first year of college, I was focusing more on sports and exercise psychology. And then I was like, okay, no, this is not what I want to do. So... I really like went through different, different phases and I was like, okay, now I want to do this. I want to do this. But so what have you finally zeroed in on? So now I finally uh, decided to go into counseling and therapy for, um, for children. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. More, I mean, n not very into like the developmental part of it, which again, I experienced for a couple of months and then I was like, okay, it was a great experience but this is not what I'm cut out to do. It was, again, very emotionally taxing for me because I got really attached to those little two and a half year old kids. Of who, course. You know, going through whatever. It's, it's also very difficult to see a child who's having a developmental issue when they're two and a half because they can't talk. Yeah. They can't express themselves. And I think that was another very, very good learning experience for me that how to be patient. I think that's amazing. You did that at 14. You're, uh, uh, you know, with people your age now, younger and younger, are doing such amazing things. I was uh, probably wasting my time even till I was 30. <laughs> I told you that before. Uh, so I, I think it's amazing that you guys are doing all this. And now, so uh, just out of interest, this uh, degree you're going to be certified to be a counselor, or how does it work? So as of now, I mean, it's only my undergrad. So. After this, I'm applying for a master's Three-year three undergrad in UK. Yeah, three-year undergrad. And now two more years, I'm applying for a master's in counseling. And then I'll get a license to work as a therapist. Can you still work? Can you work in India or that license won't yeah, be yeah. used? No, you I can. can work in India. Which Okay, that I, would be fantastic. Yeah, we'll send many I, clients your way. Please let me know. <laughs> I will need that if I become a therapist. So I'm sure you will. I have no doubt that you will. And I think somebody mm -hmm. with your kind of calling and that experience of your own mental health. I think those I think, people you know, become the best I, therapists. I actually wanted to talk about this as well, that, you know, we, I have seen a lot of people also, uh, that when somebody has gone through something themselves, it becomes like a stigma, you know, that, oh, they've gone through something themselves. How can they help somebody else? But I think it's those people who have oh, overcome something are so it's so much more your interaction with another person is so much more effective and fruitful because you've gone through it yourself you can actually put yourself in another person's Absolutely. shoes and be like you know I have um juggled through a lot of therapists and found 
so many non-effective for me. Exactly, it's, yeah. Sometimes it's hard to actually find somebody who you can actually connect with. But it's those people who, the one who I actually still continue to like seek help from is somebody who she's gone through stuff her, herself and she can actually put herself in my shoes and say, okay, like I know what you're going through at this point of time, you know, I've been through it. And I never shirked away from it that she went through something herself because I realized that if she's gone through it, she knows every bit of the highs and lows of it. Absolutely. You know? And that's something I think people really need to overcome that if they've gone through, and I've heard this multiple times, if she's gone through it, she could have helped herself. Oh God. Oh, like, no, that's the stupidest thing. <laughs> if somebody told me that, I, that that's, I guess, you also we need to realize that dumb people in the world, the dumb <laughs> dumb people will continue. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I wish I could do something to fix that, but that neither of us can. Yeah, I no, I sensitive statement. Um, yeah, you know, this is something that uh, I learned in school when I was sixteen years old, and my principal said that common sense is something that oh, no one has. Yeah, you know, sure. <laughs> and it stuck with me for so many years. I was like, it's so true. Because we all say, oh, it's common sense, but none of us have it. None of us have common sense, you know, as much as we would like, like when we, it's so, you just use it so like loosely and you say it's common sense or it's obvious. I feel like nothing is obvious. You have to learn about everything. You have to be exposed to it to know about it. And especially about mental health, unless I think, and, and, and I don't wish that upon anyone, but I think to truly empathize with someone who's had a mental health issue you have to have had a mental health issue yourself. You can't uh, feel that. I mean, if I uh, say that I know what the soldiers feel like if they get shot in their <laughs> arm, I too have no bloody idea till I get yeah. shot in my arm with a bullet. Which hopefully and, you should not. No, no, I'm just like, giving a, a you know example <laughs> yeah. till I you know till till I till till I get actually get shot. I have no idea what it feels like. Yeah, of course. So you can imagine. You can do all that. But what I would what I can only hope for is that people, and I think I know that's slowly happening. That are educating themselves. There's so much conversation about mental health that people are at least becoming a little bit empathetic or sensitive. That at least don't say this, even if you want to say it in your mind and judge the yeah. person. You know, even um, like my mom sometimes says things to me, and I'm like, think twice. Like, you know, you're saying it to me. It's okay. Don't say it to anybody else. Hmm. You don't realize in the spur of the moment what you say. It could be something really small, like not directed towards anybody, like just a very general statement. But somebody else can take it really badly. You know, you it's you just have to be like a little mindful about what you say because things people are very sensitive to words you know and we don't I mean, realize that's, that's how we communicate right so yeah uh, words are important exactly and i think touch wood people are becoming more aware of the to choose their words wisely i think, I think the, the process of, is slow but at least there is a huge discussion a process, over it yeah. right there it's 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 happening it's moving in that direction so yeah so let's talk about uh, messiah foundation so how did you start it what is it about how does it link with what is focusing on coming out of your own maybe past insecurities or your past mm. issues so if you could just share that with us so i actually started messiah because i firstly um, why did you get the name from i love asking people how did you come up with the name why messiah so um why messiah honestly it was something that i was just like thinking about and i was like what does it mean like 
I had seen it somewhere and then I was like, I really like it. You know, like I really like the name. I went through the meaning and everything and it just worked out. It basically means holistic happiness. Right. And I think that really stuck with me. And I was like, this is what I'm, this is what I just believe in that, you know, one should just be overall happy, you know, and happiness is again, something very relative. Oh, like yeah. I can oh, say yeah. I'm happy and you know, it could mean something absolutely different for you, Sure. you know, and, but the entire thing behind it was just, a, I felt a very like positive kind of, and I even thought about the colors that I used of my logo and everything. Cause it was like, yellow is a very happy color. I honestly, in psychology, you really go into like the psychology of colors as mm-hmm. well. And right. you know, like, what is this color thing? saying about uh, just I means you're a very vivacious person. Oh, <laughs> I don't think my wife, my wife will not agree <laughs> with you, but okay, I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> no, but um, there's a lot of psychology behind colors and how people perceive things as well. So I really thought into all of that as well. But for me, Messiah honestly just came out of purely out of what it meant and what it, what I felt when I heard it, you know? Right felt like it's easy it's something people would be able to say people would that was uh, the whole like different aspect behind it and now the what is it yeah so i started it actually because i so before i why i started it it's basically um a foundation which kind of you know helps people um we let people reach out to us we're like the the middleman between uh let's say a person any person and a therapist and we also have like a bunch of you know like peer supporters and like people who we have on our team who kind of are just we just basically provide emotional support to people who are dealing with self-esteem issues anxiety body image issues and And this is for free obviously yeah it's all free and uh we kind of are that bridge i tried to create a bridge between people and like professional therapy fantastic was required a lot of people show, sometimes feel hesitant, you know, uh, I've had a lot of people come up and be like, oh, we don't want, we don't know how to reach out to people because our parents are not okay. With I was just going to, I was going to bring that up that it's just taboo and, in the homes and this doesn't yeah. sound like you're going to a, a... Yeah. So for that, that was the whole purpose behind it that, oh, like you just have a friend you're talking to, you mm-hmm. know, and sometimes a lot of people don't need that like that therapy they just need a sounding box like I said before you know it could just be a friend and I tried to create that anonymity behind Mm -hmm. it and have that um that third person kind of thing that you have with a therapist the person doesn't know who you are like there are a lot of times I know personally I know people who have reached out and been like okay we want help but I have stepped back and been like okay I'll you know tell somebody else because I will have a personal bias towards you I will know so right, I right. I know of so course, much about you, you know, yeah. and that may actually stop you from talking to me because you know me so well. So just trying, I just try to create that kind of bridge between ther- a therapist and a person and touch wood. It's been going well. I've had a lot of people reach out and actually not even reach that phase where they needed therapy as such and they felt better just talking. That's fantastic. You fixed, you know, you're already providing a solution. So I think 
that's what it was all about and, and this is an on this is all online i assume obviously because pandemic as blah of, blah yeah exactly as of now do you have a plan to take this offline in terms of have a physical center as well i mean i uh, i hope to i would want to take this on eventually once i finish studying as well i don't hmm. want to i don't want to stop doing this because i feel like it was needed and i thought it was needed because at that time i before before i started it i was going through my own like body image issues and self esteem issues and i didn't have a sounding box you know of course i yeah. didn't have that emotional support i definitely had my friends i my friends and family were really supportive they were all really open to like listening to me and hearing me out but i also started feeling that you know a therapist is not your friend let me tell you and i'm and you probably they're know that they're supposed to be your friend they're not meant to be your friends you know you have that one hour time slot that's it you know but what if at some point i just need to like vent to somebody yeah. you know and i think that is also something that you have to be aware of that your friends and family are not there at your beck and call you know they're not they're not going to hear you out whenever you want and a lot of times like I I don't want to be like I'm just being very like open. You don't want to come across as somebody who's constantly like shitting on another person, you mm. know, just like taking their stuff out. And that's why I felt like I don't have that kind of um that sounding box that is somebody I don't know but is not my therapist, you know, yeah, at the end of the day. And I felt like it was I wanted to create that for the people who maybe are going through the same thing and feel like they just need a friend. And you know i i i told you this before as well that there are days where that there, there are weeks where i have nobody reach out you know but then there are times where even if it's three people or even one person in like two weeks of i'm course, like okay at course. least somebody knows that this exists for them this is there for them and even if it's a person one person that you know we're able to help out it makes a huge difference not just to me but i feel like to them and that's what makes me happy because i've been able to provide them with that platform that they don't have to go through um for me it was basically about i don't want anybody else to go through what i went through yeah of course same reason for i think all of us same yeah. reason for me i'm doing this same reason i wrote my book yeah, and book, will hopefully exactly. keep writing um is that i i just don't want anybody to go through what i've gone through and um, you learn from others experiences you know and this is why again like i am very open to doing stuff like this because it's you hear another person out and sometimes you feel like okay maybe i'm going through the same thing and i'm not alone you just i'm in the beginning obviously i was a little scared when i started masaya and i started doing these lives and like you know i did one like webinar with like this mm-hmm. mental health organization in between and i was like do i really want to do this and i realized that it's better to just be open about what you feel and what you've gone through because it makes it normal for another person to talk about it you know they don't think twice before saying okay i'm feeling something i mean and, and if somebody want who's watching listening to this episode of the podcast if they want if they want to uh, help i mean do you also take in volunteers who can Oh yeah, we do can definitely. Help, uh, who can become part of Masaya? Because yeah, I know that have, maybe people would be interested in that, or if someone we're can. We're always open. How can somebody to, contribute? Uh, we're always open to uh, you know getting more volunteers. In fact, the more the the better, you know, right. because 
uh, right now we're a like small group. A lot of people were students, and you know, once schools and colleges opened up, it kind of a lot of people were psychology students. Right, right. And uh, that was a big prerequisite for me with students because I was like, I or people who've actually you know overcome something because for me that was I really wanted to go through that and be like, okay, these are the people I feel will be sensitive. I would not just take anybody on as a volunteer. It's a very sensitive thing to kind of, of course, there's you know, confidentiality. There are many things that come exactly. Into there's play. a lot of even just the way that you deal with another person, the way you talk to another person. I think when you are uh, one, when you've been through something yourself, you realize that you have to be sensitive towards another person. Choose the right words. Um, you know, those things can be big trigger points for another person. And um, just the fact that, you know, there were a lot of students who were psycho like were psychology majors. And I felt that, okay, fine, at least these people know what they, you know, what it's all about. But we're always open to volunteers. Like you can drop me an email or whatever on the Messiah email, which is there. on. Yeah, I'll share it on the, when I do yeah. the ed uh, editing, I'll, I'll share that, it in. Uh, and it's a very simple process. Like just drop me an email, there's a form to fill and couple of questions that's it it's, and if i want to just and what if i'm seeking help so i just go on the instagram or the email anything or the, the instagram the email there's a website also there's, there's a website there's a um we have like on instagram itself we have like a way to contact us okay, on whatsapp okay, so okay it's it's a very easy process it's all and there. uh just out of interest are there what is the kind of ratio of uh, men is to women or girls is to boys reaching out to you? Just out of so, interest. And I hope so that I it's, uh, it's a healthy a, show. I could, can't put a number to it, but I would say... Broadly speaking. Definitely a lot more girls. Okay. Than you think that's because... Um, well, I have several theories on that. But one is, of course, I, I keep talking about it. You know, it's not it's not macho to be. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of it has sensitive. to do with that. I have a lot of uh, the, a lot of men who do reach out, reach out first thing that we have anxiety, hmm. and then it when you start talking to them, you realize that it's stemming just from a self esteem body image aspect. Sometimes, a lot of times, and they just don't want to kind of, you know, admit that they have this. You know, I'm glad that even if it's I'm just giving a rough ad hoc number, even if it's five girls, uh, five guys, as opposed to like 10 girls. I, I don't see what, you know, where this came into our psyche. I think it's probably popular culture or movies or all this stuff where men are not allowed to cry or boys don't cry. Like, you know, yeah. I, if my son, I never let anybody tell my son if he's if he's crying that, oh, be brave. Or, Please cut out this crap. Yeah. If he is crying, I said, listen, I know it's or whatever. Let's say he's got hurt. Okay, I know it's hmm. hurting. I know you're it's it's okay to cry. Yeah. Firstly, it needs to be okay to bloody cry. It doesn't matter if you're a yeah, man, just woman, dog, your cat, snake. Like know? just yeah. just go for it. And I think that is so important, especially for young parents yeah. like myself. Uh, like if your kids are crying, please don't find just because of course you're you don't see nobody wants their child to cry right nobody yeah, wants naturally. their child to cry or nobody wants whoever so don't try and do this thing this is when this kind of stuff sets into your subconscious so deep that boys don't cry I was just macho gonna say and, that. Uh, it, it, it all it's, starts it's okay at a young age you know seek help. it all starts yeah exactly it all starts at a young age and when you like 
I don't know if this is the right word to use, but when it's fed into your mind at such a young age, at such an impressionable age, you're still your mind is still like molding into like, you know, you're growing. It sticks, you know, at the end of the day. And sometimes when you're old enough, it's very hard to kind of mold that out of your mind. It's mm. kind of entrenched in you. It's part of your personality eventually, you know. So it's and the second of... issue is uh, just came to me is that so firstly you're embedding that that boys are supposed to be strong and girls are supposed to be weak so you're also setting this precedent for um in my mind for kind of girls are kind of inferior to you or they're weaker yeah, than you exactly. and, and that's not the case and this is these are the same and of course an extreme example these are the same men that go on to ill-treating their wives and girlfriends yeah. and beating them up and and, and sure. doing all that so please raise sensitive boys guys yeah. it's not it's not sissy to cry or it's not sissy it's it's okay just like get get with it yeah. like educate yourself <laughs> or allow us to educate you a little bit if we can yeah. uh because you know this is the, it's like i i get irritated when i hear stuff like this and there's no there's no need for there's no yeah. need for that you can uh, there's in there are enough opportunities for uh boys to be macho but when you're having yeah. an emotional issue or a mental issue that's not the time to be macho about it you exactly. can't you know you can push through pain uh, at a at a set in a in a gym or in a in a sporting or in some sort of event where you're supposed to use your endurance or stamina or strength mm. but your mind is not that place to to yeah, mess around definitely with. not and i think even like when you're these things also kind of eventually there's so many like studies that are done and this is purely because I'm studying it right now. So it's very fresh in my mind. So I'm talking about yeah, it. But there's so many studies that are also done about how, you know, whatever mental health issue a person may have, maybe depression, anxiety, it all, it all, when you go through analysis and you do um, kind of studies on a particular patient and you go through like what kind of intervention and therapy they should use a lot of times it kind of boils down to an experience that they've had in their childhood you 100%, know yeah. and it i think we all have had some experiences in our childhood that kind of stick with us and come out you know that the frustration comes out in different ways and sometimes it develops into actual mental health issues so like you said it's just kind of important to be sensitive in how you're like what you're te teaching your children at a young age yeah, you know? and I know it's impossible to be the perfect parent there's no, no such, I agree. there's no such yeah. thing but at least broadly the things we know that don't yeah. say certain things don't behave certain way help them to grow as sensitive adults rather yeah. than see because it's it's impossible to prevent uh, later on a mental illness or something yeah, like yeah. That from but you can at least give a good foundation um, for sure, I agree. To try and build the best future adult or the best yeah. you know, future uh, person. It's it's a difficult job. Parenting is yeah. it's, it's never been easy. I, I know sure. it wasn't easy for our it wasn't I know it wasn't easy for our parents, and it's much mm. much much harder now because today's parents are up against yeah. digital social media, this mad consumption economy, brands. Comp ultra mad competition yeah you know he came to school you know i see this big shoe so i need shoes because like you know this is it's <laughs> almost become it's become comical and i, I mean i see that with my yeah. my son's too young he's just starting school yeah he'll be going to your school i told you that mm. or oh, he's already <laughs> going to your school on online uh, 
so uh yeah so so alisa i've really enjoyed our, our conversation would you like to talk about something else the only thing that i would actually want to say like before like we end this and all is just that i would like to tell everybody who was listening to this that just like start prioritizing yourself it's very important in the long run and you know you you also say that i'm really young and all that but i feel like the earlier you start the better it is for you and i think you can also vouch for that that you know the earlier you start the earlier you realize that it's important to kind of put put yourself first and by put yourself first i mean like look into your own needs sometimes just unwind it's it's a great feeling so i would literally just tell everybody to just like switch off and just because i scroll through instagram all the time it's not something i would advise everybody we all to we do. all scroll through instagram <laughs> Uh, yeah so uh, that- it's not something i would advise everybody to do and just be open you know if you're um if you're feeling something talk about it don't keep it inside it it only manifests into something worse and from somebody who has gone through their own issues mental health issues body image issues felt a sense of major like self esteem issues now social anxiety which is better and all of that combined together i would just literally say that talking about it helps so much and whether it's yamir or me or masaya just reach out to anybody who you are comfortable talking to it really really helps no i was going to say the same thing that anybody who's listening please reach out rabia has built this fantastic platform that you're hearing this uh, there are tons of ways to get in touch with masaya foundation i'll put them up on the on the screen and this is a great way especially for those if you feel that there is some taboo in your household or you yourself just don't want to put that i guess burden if i can use that word on your mind yeah. that i'm i'm seeing a therapist or a shrink so before you take that step reach out to uh masaya foundation and they'll you'll have someone to talk to and someone yeah. to take you through and make you feel better and uh, so thank you rabia this was this was uh, delightful and i'm 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 glad we did this now we should have thank done this you. a long time ago yeah <laughs> i'm so grateful to rabia that she could share her own issues and her own past with us so candidly and i'm also grateful again for the foundation that she set up i really love the idea of having a place to go to before you need to go to a counselor or a psychologist or a or a therapist where someone can talk to you like a friend and masaya foundation is doing that they're doing great work and i'm so happy to be associated with rabia in any little way that i have been through this podcast i hope you all enjoyed listening and got something meaningful out of it i know i did your feedback means a lot and if you want to support the podcast please like it please comment please get in touch with me through all the social media mediums that we have available and feel free to get in touch with rabia and masaya foundation the details are given below see you soon on the next episode of voices in my head till then take care Voices in My Head is created and hosted by Yami Radhar. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. We disclaim responsibility for any adverse effects that may arise from any information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. 
This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guests' qualifications or credibility. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.